Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. One fall to a finish. of Blading for Truth with yours truly, Jeff Edwards, 1640 PWPR, the home of pro wrestling podcasts and more. You can check us out on various websites, Spreaker, iTunes, TalkShoe, follow everyone on the Twitter at 1640PWPR, Facebook.com slash 1640PWPR, and myself, Blading for Truth. Facebook.com slash Blading for Truth Wrestling Radio. You can hit me up there on Twitter at Blading for Truth. So, with all that being said and all the business out of the way, we are going to touch upon all the shows and all the companies this week. Right now, you are getting me, myself, fresh off the viewing of Lucha Underground this week. I usually get to Lucha Underground on Wednesday nights. This week I did not. I just watched it. And again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Lucha Underground is the most consistent show out of all the wrestling shows and all the companies. Week to week, everything matters. Everything makes sense. And they are now in their final push of setting up the card for Ultima Lucha, which is going to be the season finale on August 5th, and this week, the show opened up with a re- a recap video, as usual, and Ultima Lucha officially announced Johnny Mundo versus Alberto El Patron, this has been going on forever, just as everything does in Lucha Underground, everything always makes sense, and everything always has meaning, 
So if you are struggling to get that in your wrestling, may I steer you to Lucha Underground, please? Because this is becoming a clinic. This, this show has becoming a clinic in storytelling and writing and booking, if you will. Everything. I sit here and I just, I just watched it and I thought of the setups for everything. And if you go back to episode one and go through it all and think about the things and think about the way they have twisted things and turned things and always go back to it and never leave holes in the stories that are so obvious that it causes riots online and and podcasters to uh, go crazy ranting as sometimes I do with WWE. Never in Lucha Underground, as it's as it currently stands. So, kudos to Lucha Underground for a great show today, this week. Started with Vampiro and Superfly. Sit down interview. Again, you know you you want to figure out a way. These these companies and these shows they figure out a way to advance storylines. And one thing I love about Lucha Underground, and we used to see it in old WWF and WCW, and for some reason they don't do this, but Lucha Underground has a consistent interview segment with Vampiro interviewing people to continue storylines. Wow, genius move, right? Who, who who could think of such a thing? So simple. Vampiro interviewing Superfly. For those of you that don't know, he has been involved with Sexy Star storyline-wise, and she ended up unmasking him in a match. He has returned with no mask. He wants revenge. Very nice, very simple. They push it forward with Vampiro. Simple. And let me tell you something, Vampiro, if you are not a Vampiro fan, I don't know why, because this guy is has been a home run on this show. In my opinion, Matt Stryker and Vampiro are the announced team to beat right now. They're so great. They're so natural. They they talk to each other like they know each other. It's not forced. Not, it's just like two guys that know each other sitting down calling wrestling matches, and that's that's the way it should be. So moving from this segment, you had uh, Superfly defeat Sexy Star. Again, it's not the end, because after the match, Superfly is trying to unmask Sexy Star. She escapes. Long story short, he's getting revenge. He wants the revenge. Storyline continues. It's so nice to see. It's so nice to see a show set something up, come back to it, when it's time to come back to it and continue to build it. It's a clinic. It's a clinic. Start watching Lucha Underground if you do not. And if you do, keep praising it. Let them know and let El Rey Network know that you love it. From there, medallion match is announced. Pentagon Jr. comes out, cuts a promo, and he only he says he does not only want a medallion, but he wants Vampiro to step in the ring and face him. For those of you that don't know, this goes back to Vampiro 
defending Sexy Star against Pentagon Jr. Pentagon Jr. is basically just, once he gets in the ring, man, if you're in the ring, get out of the ring because he basically chased the ring announcer out this week. So he calls out Vampiro and Vampiro's not biting. So he goes outside the ring, gets in Vampiro's face. Vampiro gets up. The crowd's going nuts. They have a little push and shove tease. And they build it up, build it up. The crowd's going nuts for Vampiro. And Pentagon Jr. walks away. Very simple, very easy. Continuation of stories. Actual medallion match starts. Aerostar defeats Cage, Marty the Moth, and the Mac. The Mac is quickly becoming one of my favorites in any company. The guy is unbelievable. I touched upon him before. Trios champions. They're in the back training. Next segment. The They are the dysfunctional family currently on Lucha Underground. And Katrina and her disciples show up. Again, you have the trios champions. You have a new trios team with Katrina and Mil Mortes and their disciples. And boom, boom, boom. There's the match set up. Very simple, very easy. Mil Mortes appears. End of the segment. And the main event for the night was the number one contenders match. Mil Mortes versus Drago. Hernandez comes out during Drago's entrance and proceeds to belt whip him and very much softened him up for Mortes. Not that he needs anybody to help him because this guy is now a monster. So after all Drago's storyline of redemption, he comes back, gets the number one contender match, wins it, and then Mil Mortes takes it from him. Mil Mortes is now your number one contender. They give Drago the lick of death, he and Katrina, at the end of the match. And out comes Puma and Conan at the top. Build, build, build. Introduce. Write story. Build it up, build it up, build it up. Back off it, come out. Build it up, build it up. You know, I, I compared to a few shows ago, I compared wrestling to doing things that normal television dramas do. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. James Storm and Mickey James and Magnus and TNA, they got pretty much destroyed everywhere for attempting to do something that is a little off-kilter. And in my opinion, I like to see the attempt. I like to see things like this that are that are not typical wrestling. And at the same time, the the playbook that Lucha Underground follows is just basic wrestling playbook. And I don't understand why all companies can't do it. It's almost like they overcomplicate things. Lucha Underground does have a, in, in my opinion, because it's new and it's a new show and people, you know are calling them a company. You want to call them a company or a television show, that's fine, it's up to you. But they kind of have a cushion to do things, in my opinion, that they get away with, and it's enjoyable. And, you know, on this show, for example, you had Katrina come back at the Trio's Champions backstage. 
and not only did her disciples and Mil Mortes's disciples come out, but they they did like a it was a lightning. I don't know if you want to say a CGI thing, and they kind of morphed behind the trio's champions. And if you're a hardcore wrestling person, you may look at that and say, "Oh, how ridiculous and corny!" And but it works. They make it work on Lucha Underground because of the way things are written and the the payoffs you get in the ring. To me. I, you know, I compared things to a few shows ago, the storm angle with Magnus. I compared it to a Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. And how do you get people to come in that aren't wrestling fans? You try this stuff, it gets trashed. Sometimes it works. Lucha Underground, I am ready to say, is the Game of Thrones of professional wrestling right now. And. TNA fans, WWE fans, Ring of Honor fans, it every company does its own thing. Every company is separate. They have the the shows presented different differently. But to me as a fan, Lucha Underground is where it's at. The stories make sense, like I said before, there's no story holes. There's characters are introduced, things are twisted and turned and people weave in and out of different storylines and it's just phenomenal. So people, you need to get on board with Lucha Underground. August 5th from where I am at, Ultima Lucha is setting up to be again. And how do you build your greatest, your, your number one card for the year? How do you build your big show? You start at episode one and you build it. And that's exactly what Lucha has done. Johnny Mundo and Alberto El Patron, and now Prince Puma versus Mil Muertes for the Lucha Underground title. Because of how they've built things and how how it started and how it weaved, and now we can see the end in sight. So the card is being booked, and it's going to be a phenomenal show, just based upon the things that Lucha Underground does every week. So kudos to them once again. Best show this week. Moving from there, I wanted to discuss um, some New Japan really quick. Right now, they are doing, on XS TV, they are rerunning the G1 Climax from 2014. In preparation to get everyone familiar with G1 Climax. And this show, or this year's Climax, is going to start at July 20th. And end August 16th. There are 20 shows that are going to be displayed. New Japan World. Buy it. <laughs> Buy it at least for July and August because this thing is going to be incredible. 20 shows, 20 participants, two blocks. They're all going to wrestle each, all, everyone. Everyone in it is going to wrestle everyone in it. You get two points for a victory, one point for a draw, and zero points for the loss until the winner is determined. This is going to be incredible, not to mention before it starts, you are going to have a unbelievable card at Dominion July 5th. And the G1 Climax tournament uh, competitors right now, Kazakata, AJ Styles, Haruki Goto. Should I continue? Okay, I will. Toki Magabi, 
Hiroyoshi Tenzin, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Yuji Nagata. If you don't know these people, look them up. Go to your YouTube, write some of these names down, and just go nuts. Kojima, Naito, Shibata, Shinsuke Nakamura, Toru Yano, Tomohiro Ishii, great wrestler, Takahashi. These two names, you, some of you American fans will recognize. Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows of the Bullet Club. They are a tag team. They are both in this as singles wrestlers. That could get interesting. Bad Luck Fale. Michael Elgin from ROH. Kota Ibushi. And Hanma. That is your rundown for the G1 Climax 2015. Again, July 20th to August 16th. If you are interested in this, go to New Japan World, sign up, and get it done. Because I think New Japan fans can agree with me if they are listening to this. If you are like me, I'm going to be very busy that week, or those weeks, sitting in front of my computer, (laughs) watching New Japan Wrestling. I cannot wait for this thing to start. It's going to be excellent. But I mentioned before, July 5th, that is next week, Sunday, they have a super card. And the show is Dominion. And some of the highlights on this card that I am looking forward to is the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles. Red Dragon, Rapunji Vice, and... The Young Bucks. That should be phenomenal. You have Shibata versus Sakuraba. I'm very much looking forward to that. You have the best of the Super Juniors tournament that just culminated. The winner being Kushida. This is the culmination of that tournament. See, this is what New Japan does. It's beautiful. Kushida will will now contend against Kenny Omega, who is the juniors champion. Beautiful. Never open weight champion. Maccabee versus Ishii. This thing, those guys wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom in January. And if you pay attention to New Japan's cards that they have done, you will see mixed tag matches. And when I say mixed, it's mixed rivalries. You know, you'll get a three-on-three or a four-on-four, and they match up the the rivalry. And I've seen cards last month, two months ago, where Maccabee and Ishii are on opposite sides and they are just going at each other whenever they can get their hands on each other within the match and sometimes even after the match. So you look at an athletic contest that is portrayed to you from their product and you see these two guys, it's it's a rivalry. And they want at each other so bad. These guys have been feuding for this belt back and forth. And you're going to see another culmination of, of that story before the G1 Climax on July 5th. Again, another rivalry. You have Yano versus Tanahashi. Um, how can I explain Yano to those of you that don't know? He is a bigger guy. He is an unathletic guy. He is a goofy guy. 
he's like a genius you know he he teeters that line of of lack of brain power and actually being a genius he he thinks he's smarter than the other guy and this guy has been in Tanahashi's side for months he's been a thorn in his side he's been you know he's the guy that does the roll up and grabs the tights and Tanahashi doesn't know what hit him and before he knows it he loses the match this has been going on forever, so that's going to be another paid-off match. You have the IWGP Intercontinental title, which is a rematch. Go to def- defeat at Nakamura. At a prior show, Nakamura gets the rematch. That's going to be a five-star match. And AJ Styles versus Kaz Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight title. That's going to be another five-star match. Dominion in Osaka. Next week, July 5th, if you are interested in all, like I said, sign up for New Japan World in July. You'll get the start, you'll get that card, and you'll get the start of the G1 Climax. And if you are hooked, which I'm sure you will be, then re-up it for the next month, and you'll be all good to go there. So, New Japan and Lucha, they are owning to me right now moving from there really quickly I wanted to um, mention Ring of Honor this week on Destination America they had some they ran some matches from the Toronto from the War of the Worlds when New Japan wrestlers come over and and they do the split cards the split shows the opening match this week on ROH on Destination America was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roderick Strong. I would call it a four-star, four-star match. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> the show was off the, that match was off the charts on that show. You had Elgin versus Gato, which, if, in case you don't know, Gato is the booker, one of the bookers at New Japan. It was nice to see him in the ring against uh, a guy like Elgin. Is interesting, and the main event for the show was AJ Styles and the Young Bucks of the Bullet Club with Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson of the Bullet Club outside versus Okada and Romero and Beretta, and that was a really cool main event too for people to see to get some uh, exposure of New Japan versus ROH. So really good show. I I mentioned before that I was a little bit worried about ROH, um, specifically the Destination America ratings that they've been getting um but again it debuts it's slowly picking up some steam and that was a really cool match to show i think especially for american fans that don't have any any exposure to new japan you got to see a guy named nakamura if you've never seen him before maybe you know who he is now and maybe that's gonna that's gonna force you or push you in in the direction to pay more attention to new japan and that's the point of it. That's the point of this talent exchange that they have going on. Same thing with Bullet Club in the main event with uh, Okada. If there's something you like there, and Romero and Beretta. If there's something that you saw and you like, then that's going to push you to to look at New Japan more. So good job by ROH this week also. Um, and speaking of Japan, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure everyone knows by now, July 4th next week. WWE Network, they are in Japan, and they are doing a show 
Of course, Brock Lesnar is, I believe, from what people are saying, he is supposed to wrestle Kofi Kingston, which is a very odd pairing. But they are going live on the network 5.30 a.m. July 4th on Tokyo. Tokyo time, of course, because they are in Tokyo. That, I think, to me, is a is a must-watch simply because it doesn't happen every day, <laughs> obviously. So, July 4th, WWE Network, live from Tokyo. So, that's going to be a little bit different. That, that could get, that could be an interesting show just to watch. Just, you know, usually we, as wrestling fans, we'll get together and have some uh, pay-per-view gatherings with our friends and Whatever your choice is, maybe you're a wing person or maybe you're a pizza person or whatever. Look at it this way. 5.30 a.m., invite some of your buddies over, go crazy, get some breakfast and watch some wrestling with breakfast. That could be a, a switch up for you that you might like. And then after that, you can go to New Japan World, order it, and then watch all their pay-per-views early Sunday morning in the wee hours and stay up and have your breakfast. But from that's the positive of WWE for me. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on WWE because to me, I thought it was a terrible show again. And Brock Lesnar's back. Fantastic. What I didn't like was the way they addressed how he left last time with Michael Cole. And to me, you have Paul Heyman, you have Brock Lesnar, and obviously Brock is now getting cheered and he's the fan favorite going against Seth Rollins, of course. And how do they address it? I believe Brock was giving Michael Cole a noogie, a headlock and rubbing his head. Uh, little buddy, everything's good, everything's good. Why on earth WWE needs to do this? I have no idea. It, if you like Brock Lesnar, you like Brock Lesnar. What is Brock Lesnar? He's the beast. Why do you need to shoot on your television? He and Michael Cole chumming it up like he's his big brother. Just stop, WWE. Just stop. If your fans are cheering someone... It means they like them. So, don't quote-unquote turn him face and have him act like a goofball out there. It's Brock Lesnar. It's Brock Lesnar. Do not take away from a beast monster named Brock Lesnar by having him do that. You just have him be Brock Lesnar. I did not like seeing that. Matches... Um, one thing I have to kill them for, Sheamus, Roman Reigns, are in the middle of a match. They're both outside. Bray Wyatt comes on screen, distracts Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns runs out. There's no finish to the match. Sheamus, I believe, was laying on the table outside the ring. There was no double count out. There was no... There was no finish to the match, and they went to commercial, and they never addressed it again. Can you please stop doing that? It makes the matches look like crap. It makes everything that happens in that ring look secondary. 
We all know what the WWE is. We all know. We all get it. I get it. It's an entertainment show. And by that, don't ugh, don't overthink it. I know it's all entertainment. It's all a form of entertainment. But WWE and WWE fans like to, you know, Superstar had a, a separate definition before Vince coined the phrase Superstar instead of Wrestler. You cannot make what happens in the ring secondary. You can't. All I'm asking for, WWE, is to have Roman Reigns run up because he thinks Bray Wyatt has his daughter in the room with the tea party and the, the rocking chair moving and whatever. Do what you do. But can you, at least before you go to commercial, can you show the referee calling for the bell? And can you have the announcer say, double count out, or have Sheamus roll back in the ring and say, winner by result of count out, Sheamus? That's all I ask. Is it that hard? You're, you're pretending to be a wrestling sport. Okay, so give us a finish because what you did makes no sense. This is again with them. Again with the WWE. You know, I just said in the open, Lucha Underground is the, is the most consistent show for, for everything. Whether it's story or athleticism or whatever you want, whatever you like in wrestling, pick it. Lucha Underground is the place to go. And on the flip side, WWE is the most consistent for stupidity. You had Brie Bella and and Nikki Brie interfering in Nikki's match at that pay-per-view last month. And what was the finish? There was no finish. They restarted the match and had Paige lose to a roll-up. When Brie is in front of the referee saying, I cheated, I cheated, I cheated, makes zero sense. Please, WWE. And please, WWE fans, open your eyes to this and don't just let it go. Oh, who cares? It was Sheamus and Roman. It bothers me. Tell us the result of the match, please. If you're going to pretend it's a it's a fake fighting show that includes ropes and a ring, then use it. For the love of God. Moving from there. You had more kissy-kissy angles with Dolph and Lana and Adam Rose and Seth Rollins. and Everybody's on Seth Rollins' side again, by the way. It ended with everybody attacking Brock. and At least they used their heads and picked a body part and took out Brock Lesnar's leg to make it somewhat believable. But my goodness... Kane and J&J and Seth Rollins took out Brock Lesnar. Whatever. At least their rating was down this week. What was it? 3.6 million viewers instead of four. I usually say, why are four million people, people watching this every week? I don't know. At least it was down this week. But unfortunately, that's not where my negativity ends this week. My negativity has to be shown to TNA. What the hell is going on at TNA? I thought they had a hot show on Impact until I started thinking about why was Vader on and why was Matt Morgan brought back and why did we see Crimson two weeks ago? And I kind of get this impression and this gut feeling that they are saying goodbye to their fans. Like apparently Magnus and James Storm are. 
If you've read any news today, Magnus apparently is leaving TNA after Slammiversary, and so is James Storm, apparently. These are rumors as we know them. Some dirt sheets are reporting that they are both leaving the night after Slammiversary. Apparently, it's being reported that James Storm asked for his release Thursday, and TNA said, well, you you can have it, but I mean, you got to do the Slammiversary show. Yeah, okay. So if those two are gone, geez, what the what the heck is going on over there? And I was actually looking very forward to Slammiversary. I really was. And when they took that title match off, and last week I said on this show, if you're worried about spoilers coming out because you're recording before Slammiversary, then do the title match on Wednesday. But they didn't do that. Thankfully, it's Saturday, and I still haven't read any spoilers about what happens. But here's your Slammiversary card. Matt Morgan versus Bram. I'm okay with that because Bram's storyline right now, that'll be a nice big win for him on a pay-per-view. And I say a pay-per-view because this is the only pay-per-view that they have until... Bound for Glory, which sucks, but whatever. Bram will go down on paper as beating him at Slammiversary. Makes Bram look good. Robbie and Goddard's, you're either into this storyline or you're not. Um, EC3 and Tyrus, apparently versus Lashley and Mr. Anderson. Not a real good build for that one. Um... The winner decides the fifth and final match stipulation. Austin Aries versus Eddie Edwards. That'll be a phenomenal match. And the winner will get to pick the stipulation for the uh, the culmination of the best of five for the tag belts between the Wolves and Dirty Heels. Doesn't really matter where they go. I mean, I've been into this since the beginning. Makes me kind of wonder, again... Why are you having a Slammiversary card and that culmination isn't for your tag belts on the pay-per-view? Makes no sense. And if it all goes back to those spoilers, you know, they didn't they didn't want to record post-Slammiversary stuff with the tag. But I, it just doesn't make sense. There has to be a better fix for them for this stuff. An unsanctioned fight. Magnus versus Storm. I don't know if if you guys that watch TNA, they were saying that Jarrett's appearance on Impact ran over, so they had to actually cut a segment with Magnus and Storm. If you go to, I saw it on Twitter. I'm, I'm a Twitter person more so than Facebook, so I'll direct you on Twitter. But if you go to Impact Wrestling, at Impact Wrestling, scroll down a little bit. They have tweeted out the segment, the video of it. So they did post it online. It was a pretty good segment. It was before the show and, you know, nobody in the arena. Al Snow's talking to Magnus and trying to keep him calm. And there's security there. And then Storm comes out. And basically Al Snow explains to them that, you know, you guys are, you know, this is beyond a wrestling match. So if you guys want at each other, we are not going to sanction this match. So because their TNA will not be liable for what happens in this match. So basically, they are setting up that this is going to be a war. It's an unsanctioned fight. It's a war. So 
that that will probably be something that we're, we're talking about next week. I am looking forward to that. Of course, the bad news is, like I mentioned, reports are that both these guys are leaving the company. Sucks. It sucks, and it takes the wind out of, out of your sails. For me personally, as they were setting this card up over the past few weeks, I thought I was going to get on Slammiversary the main event, EC3 and Kurt Angle for the title. I thought I was going to get the Wolves and Dirty Heels in the fifth match for the tag titles. And I thought I was going to get a bloodbath, basically, for Magnus and Storm. And all I'm getting is Magnus and Storm, and apparently they're leaving after the show. So this is why I am down on TNA. Not to mention the fact that the King of the Mountain match has now been tagged as the prize that they will win is a King of the Mountain championship. I don't know if this is going to become like a New Japan, a cup, a trophy. If that's what they're doing, I'm okay with that. It adds to Slammiversary every year. If It gives you something to look forward to. Who's going to be the king of the mountain this year and win the championship? But I'm not sure about that because it is... Impact.com is saying that it's King of the Mountain Championship. If does that mean it's a title belt? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. If it's a title belt, which they do need a secondary title, they had a television title that went away. To me, I think it would serve that roster well if they had a secondary title for the singles guys to wrestle for. If this is it, I don't know. We'll have to see tomorrow but the participants in the king of the mountain bobby Roode, eric young drew galloway matt hardy and of course jeff jarrett jeff jarrett i could not believe when he walked out into the impact zone i could not believe what i was seeing and global force wrestling t-shirt to boot as soon as i saw it i thought to myself okay TNA is going to be a part of the global force. He has, we, we all know Jeff Jarrett has been using New Japan talent, ROH talent. We know that he put on Wrestle Kingdom for the American fans on pay-per-view. That was a global force production, basically. We know that he has agreements, talent exchange agreements in Mexico and other countries in Europe and Australia, I think he has, and obviously Japan. This is going to be a global force. It's branded correctly. This is what he wants to do. So I thought the announcement was going to be that TNA was joining the force. And who knows, maybe we will still get that announcement, but they called him to be in the King of the Mountain match. Now, if it's just a nod to fix what went wrong when he exited the company that he started. That's kind of cool, to, in my opinion. You know, you're going to give him that pay-per-view spot, put him in the match that he created, on a show that he created, and do it properly. And I'm sure he needs, you know, maybe it's a big deal, maybe it's not, I'm sure. It's Jeff Jarrett, I'm sure it's a big deal. Maybe he could use that closure before he moves on to global. I also thought the possibility was going to be for a global title, a GWF. 
or GFW, I'm sorry, Global Force Wrestling. I thought maybe that they would announce that the King of the Mountain match would culminate in a Global Force Wrestling champion. But they're calling it a King of the Mountain championship. We will see what that is. I don't know. But in my opinion, with this with Global Force, I wouldn't mind seeing Jarrett be the guy in an alliance. And I don't mean exactly how the NWA ran, but since Jarrett has all these these exchanges going on, it would be kind of cool to see um, whatever, a North American title, Global Force Wrestling, North American champion, um, Chris Masters. He wins it at one of their shows. Jarrett brings in someone from ROH. ROH wrestler takes the title. It's on Ring of Honor. You can see it. He goes back to a Global Force production and wrestles someone from Japan, and that person takes it to Japan. It would be kind of cool to see that again in wrestling. And that's what that's what I thought he was going to announce, that TNA would be a part of that, because then you could see a guy like Bobby Roode wrestle for Jarrett and then bring the, back, bring the title back on TNA. It kind of puts things together, because we all know as wrestling fans, it's WWE slash NXT, and then it's everything else. So if that everything else could sit down and just get on the same page and be okay with being the alternative, just like, you know, McMahon destroyed the territory system. This would be kind of a territory system, kind of. Not exactly the same, but I think it would be kind of cool to have that exist again to a certain extent as an alternative to WWE. It'd be kind of cool. But we didn't get that. So we'll, we'll see what we get come Sunday at the pay-per-view for Slammiversary. Again, I'm a little bit down on this card. I'm sure it's going to be a good show. It'll be a good show, period. But what it could have been was, was a phenomenal show to me for TNA. They have two pay-per-views a year. Two. And this is one of them. And to me, I don't understand why these these titles aren't put up. Even the, the uh, women's title, the knockouts title. Taryn isn't defending that. It's Taryn and Marty and Jade. So it's the dollhouse in a handicap match versus Awesome Kong and Brooke. Why? It's your, it's your number two pay-per-view of the year. The second pay-per-view. You only have two pay-per-views, and this is one of them. I thought they would have went all out, and they didn't. And to me, that's concerning. And the reports of Loki left the company this week, and then James Storm put out the little tweet message that he said, and then speculation started, and now you're hearing rumblings about Magnus leaving. It's either a complete reset, and apparently Billy Corgan is now in charge of character development, or I don't know if that means roster moves or or what, but if th- this has to be either a reset 
or a built-in invasion angle eventually will be exposed from Jarrett and Global Force, and maybe they join the force, and it's an invasion angle on TNA. Maybe. Or, God forbid I say that they are done and saying goodbye, like I said earlier. So we're going to see. I mean, it could be a roster turnover again. Let's face it, Billy Corgan is has now a, a hand in this, and if Gunner's not part of that plan, Gunner's gone, which he is. If Samuel Shaw is not part of this plan, he'll be gone, which he is. On and on. Think about how many people have moved on out of this company in the past week. I believe the count is Gunner, Sam Shaw, Loki, and now Magnus and Storm are the rumored guys. They may not even come true. We'll see. We will see what happens. 1640 PWPR. Blading for Truth. I'm your host, Jeff Edwards, and we will see you next time. Watch Slammiversary tomorrow night, and we'll we'll go through it all next week. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.